2: Welcome to a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wendt here on a Thursday. Hope you guys are having a good week. We are presented, of course, by the good folks over at The Green Solution. Make sure to visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations. You can also browse their entire inventory online. They make it super easy for you guys at mygreensolution.com. Reserve your products online there and you can pick them up at your local TGS Express checkout where you'll be in and out in minutes. And if you use code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. The Nuggets offseason and really the NBA offseason seems to be slowing to a halt. I feel like I've said that on the last few shows that we've done this week. Most of the big moves out of the way for Denver, I believe. But on today's show, I think I'm still going to go over the three storylines I'll be watching for the remainder of the offseason. From now until probably close to the start of the season. Some of these will even continue to be something we want to track and chat about and check in on through the beginning of the regular season. But what I'm going to go over today, the three things that I'll really be watching closely from now through August and then through the end of September into training camp, which this year, as in contrary to the past couple of years where the Nuggets have traveled for training camp, training camp will be in Colorado. Down in Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Facility, where it actually was three years ago now. So the Nuggets keeping it local for the training camp this coming fall. A sprawling facility down there. They really have everything that Denver's going to need. Three courts, side-by-side-by-side, state-of-the-art facility, the whole shebang. Uh, So that's what's to come. Quick couple of reminders here before we get started. We've got a new podcast on the BSN Denver Podcast Network something I've wanted to do for quite a while. We finally were able to put it together, but it is called the Denver Sports Podcast. The first show, the pilot episode was put out on Wednesday. It's with all of your favorite beat writers from BSN Denver, me on the Nuggets, Ryan Koningsberg on the Broncos, Drew Creesman on the Rockies, AJ Hayfley on the Avalanche. We go back and forth about a lot of topics. Ali Monori who really heads up our video department, puts together a lot of the video stuff we do, pretty much all of it here at BSN Denver. She kind of moderates it, gives some of her thoughts as well. And we really dabbled about in all Denver sports, spoke a lot about the Rockies because they're the one team that's in the middle of a season right now out of those four teams, the Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, and Avalanche. Talked a little Nuggets, talked some Avalanche, talked some Broncos because training camp obviously got underway Thursday morning. So it's a fun show. We bounce around to a bunch of different topics. Every week, we're going to have a segment where we give our take on who won the week. I'll be arguing that the Nuggets somehow found a way to win every week throughout the entire offseason. They definitely won last week, I thought, with the Jeremy Grant trade. So check it out. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, most likely wherever you download your podcast from. It's going to be coming out once a week. We're also going to get into some other stuff, food, drink, Denver lifestyle, Denver culture. So it should be a fun show that we'll be putting out once a week. Make sure to check it out. Give me some feedback, what you guys want to hear us talk about. I'm sure we'll get into a lot of different topics over the next couple of months. Also, if you're not a subscriber to BSN Denver, now's a great time to get on board. A lot of great content on the site right now, not just Nuggets, but every sport. And, And with the Nuggets, got a couple articles this week pertaining to just the continuity that Denver showed this off season by bringing back everybody. Also had an article up earlier this week on Michael Porter Jr. Caught up with him in Las Vegas. He's not a vegan anymore. He's back on the Chipotle grind. Chipotle is his favorite food actually next to smoothies, which I guess they're technically a drink, but he saw a lot of Chipotle. Wasn't able to eat it when he was vegan, obviously, or wasn't able to get a lot of things from there, but a little background on that. He grew up vegetarian. His whole family was vegetarian. Went to vegan at one point. Went raw vegan even, I believe, at Mizzou. And then right up until around when he was drafted, he's now been eating some meat. He eats chicken, some other meat as well. He told me so. He's back on that Chipotle lifestyle. You know, he's he's not that different than you or me. Well, in that regard. So if you're not subscribed, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe and get a one-year subscription for just $3.33 a month. You also get a free t-shirt from us. And then download the app as well. Great one-stop shop for all our content. And like I said, story up this week on Michael Porter Jr. Story on Denver's continuity. Michael Malone, I thought, as per usual, had some fire quotes. One of them in particular that I just love. He said, quote, You can align superpowers and go to these places like some teams are doing. Great. And then he went on to say, We feel while we may not have the marquee names, we have the depth, the chemistry, the camaraderie, and the culture that is just as important at times. You guys know from listening to this show, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think it's a huge reason why Denver kind of blew up last season and a leading reason why I think they'll be in a similar position this year. So make sure to check out those stories on bsndenver.com. A lot of great stuff coming over the next couple weeks or so as we get further and further into the dog days of the NBA offseason. Let's get to the main topic on today's show, though. The three storylines I'm watching over the remainder of the offseason. The first one, and there's a couple different subheadings to this, a couple different points I'll go into, but... It's the rookie extensions that Denver could still get done between now and the beginning of next season. They got that extension done with Jamal Murray, moved very quickly on the opening night of free agency to get that max rookie extension done with Jamal Murray. They obviously didn't want to mess around. They wanted to keep him in Denver long term. And I know people have gone out there and said it's an overpay. That's a lot of money for sure. But you know, that's kind of the cost of doing business in the NBA right now. Ben Simmons got the max deal. When you've got a player like Ben Simmons, when you've got a player like Jamal Murray, you just lock him up, right? And a lot of times how I view contracts and rookie extensions and whatnot, it's like if the guy you sign that extension to is going to be tradable on that contract, I think it's a fine move. And I think Jamal Murray will be tradable on the lowest level of a max deal, you know, for, for a couple of years, even if he doesn't develop into the Damian Lillard type player that I think he might, and I think he is on track for. So I was a fan of Denver working to get that deal done quickly. They probably could have tried to negotiate, but I think it was a good choice in the end to get it out of the way. And they've been responsible so they can take that cap hit every year with Murray and you know still have some flexibility long-term. But anyways, the two guys who they haven't gotten extensions done with, Malik Beasley, why want you on Gomez? Both these situations are tough. Both are a little different. I think with Beasley, if you're the nuggets, you definitely want to try to lock him up, because, I mean, Malik Beasley flashed uh, last year uh, what I think is an extremely high ceiling. And last year really changed my perspective on Beasley, probably a lot of people's perspectives on Beasley throughout the league. If Beasley wasn't in Denver right now. He could probably start for you know 15 teams out there at least and put up big numbers. You saw what he did as a starter in Denver. I think it was like 17 points per game when he filled in for Gary Harris. When he filled in for Will Barton, some at times at the three, he can put up numbers in a hurry. He's an incredible athlete. Got a picture perfect shot, straight up and down. He got all the kinks in his shot from his rookie and sophomore years worked out over last summer. So, I mean, he had a great shooting season last year. He was one of Denver's most reliable three-point shooters. Like I said, incredible athlete. And he should profile as a really good defender going forward, too. I think he's a hard worker as well, a guy who lives in the gym. I think he's really dedicated to this craft. I think he loves the game as well. And if I'm a rival team, I would be really trying to get my hands on Malik Beasley. And if I'm Denver, I'd be really trying to lock him up, which I'm sure the Nuggets would want to do. Now, with the Murray extension, it really depends on how Denver's thinking long-term here. They've got to keep some money for Jeremy Grant in the well. Obviously, they could keep all these guys and go into the luxury tax, which I could see Denver doing for sure, but Beasley's going to be a kind of expensive guy, I think, to keep around, even though this is obviously the cheapest he's ever going to be. I mean, just 22 years old, and he's Never really been a starter for the Nuggets. Last year was really the first year where we got significant minutes. Didn't average more than 10 minutes per game in either of his first two seasons. But last year, 23-plus minutes a game, 11 points. But the efficiency that he did it on, especially from three, is what I think will really get him paid. So if I'm Denver, that's probably a priority of mine to get him locked up because he obviously could profile for you as an elite six-man right? Just going forward, if you keep Gary Harris at the two, you know, the three is small forward, and I'll talk about this a little later, but it's kind of murky who's going to be the small forward long term. I don't think it's Jeremy Grant. I think he's more of a four. Maybe it's Michael Porter. Maybe Will Barton rebounds and recaptures the rhythm he had two years ago. Maybe it's Malik Beasley. I don't know. I don't think he's like the perfect fit. I don't think he's the guy you want there to like win championships with but he's not a bad option. I could see him getting a lot of minutes there next season. Maybe it's Wancho. Maybe it's Vlaco Chanchar. Probably not. But maybe it's Beasley. Who knows? So if I'm Denver, I'm placing a pretty high priority on retaining Beasley. He's a guy I want to keep in the building. He's a guy I want to keep a part of my program, keep growing with him because I feel like the sky really is the limit for him. And last year proved it. It seems like he's just Tapping at that ceiling, almost ready to break through and with more minutes, which he should get next season, although Denver's rotation is very crowded, which I will talk about as well. It seems like he's destined for another leap next year in my mind. When it comes to Wancho, that's another tough one because he's a guy, unlike Beasley, who hasn't really maintained that consistent rotation spot throughout an entire season. He's flashed and he's had his moments for sure. And look, he appeared in 70 games last year, started 25 of them. A lot of those were towards the beginning of the season. And look, I think we know what Wancho is, right? I think he profiles great as a shooter, great as a ball mover. I don't think he's going to be a guy who creates his own shot, but that's fine. Denver doesn't need that. Defensively, he's got a ways to go, but there's no reason to believe he can't be an average defender. Will he get there? That's another story, but He's still young and he can still make a lot of strides on that end of the floor. And he's just a great chemistry guy. Great locker room guy. Best friends with Nicole Jokic. Does that hold any weight in negotiations? I don't know. Probably not. But the depth that Denver has right now at the three and the four spots, you guys know this. I think Wancho's a player. I think he could be a player on this team. I think he fits great with the personnel and he could definitely be a player for a lot of teams throughout the league, but Denver's depth it really makes it difficult to see a path to really consistent minutes for Wancho next season. So maybe it comes down to what he wants, you know? Does he want to stay here and fight for a rotation spot? Does he want to go somewhere else and maybe not agree to an extension and try to catch on with a bigger role somewhere else? I don't know what his thinking is. I don't know what his state of mind is. But those are probably the two options that he could be weighing if the Nuggets were to throw an offer at him or whatnot. I do definitely believe that Beasley's the higher priority. He's for sure going to cost more than Hernan Gomez, but Beasley's just the guy you want to grow with. He's a guy you want to keep around here long-term. He is a player, man. So I'll be interested to see what happens if any of those deals get done. I think the Nuggets will throw a number at Beasley. Probably will just come down to if they can negotiate and if he does accept it. I'm not sure on the Hernan Gomez front. That's a big storyline to watch. Denver got the rookie extension done with Jamal Murray. Rookie extensions, they're not like a sure thing. Not as many get done a year as you think. Only a handful get done every year. So we'll see if Denver moves to get those other guys under contract going forward. Again, of course, they're all under contract for next year anyway. It's the year after that where they could be elsewhere. But they would still be restricted for agents after this season, of course. And the Nuggets could elect to match whatever offer sheet they sign or just work out a new deal with them. So if they don't agree to that rookie extension, it doesn't mean their days in Denver are over by any means. So we'll see what happens. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter. Their oatmeal style, most people's personal favorite, the world-famous avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale but they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky. My God, it is amazing. You guys are going to love it. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted coal shale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. Make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We're really excited about our partnership with them We feel like we've got a lot of our core values that line up with theirs. So look for a lot of stuff with us and Breck Brewing coming soon. On that event calendar, you'll be able to see all the events that we have planned with them. And of course, we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP for a good time. A lot more to get to on today's show. Let's hit a quick break though. And I'll be right back discussing the two other storylines I'll be watching throughout the remainder of the summer.
1: cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue.
2: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit mygreensolution.com. You can reserve products online and pick them up at your local TGS Express checkout and use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Moving along here, two other storylines following the rookie extensions that I'll be watching throughout the rest of the summer when it comes to the Nuggets. Is Denver done dealing? Is Denver done making trades? Is there another move that's still coming? That's storyline number two for me because we've said this for the last couple of seasons and it's been true, but the Nuggets have had really deep rosters. They've had a deep bench these last two seasons and particularly last year, That was a really good thing. The Nuggets were fortunate they had such a deep bench last year because of the injuries, and they were able to turn to Malik Beasley. They were able to turn to Monte Morris for increased minutes. They were able to turn to Torrey Craig and Wancho at times. It's interesting to think about just how good and how many wins the Nuggets could have racked up last year if they had a normal bill of health. They got to fifty-four wins with just a ridiculous amount of injuries. And injuries happen, but Denver was very fortunate, had a deep bench last year. Next season, it's going to be the same. And next season, the Nuggets bench is actually deeper <laughs> because you're going to add a guy like Michael Porter into the mix. Because you're going to add a guy like Jeremy Grant. And I know he's technically going to take Trey Lyles' as minutes, but Lyles didn't play a lot over the second half of the season. Denver's playing really three bigs a lot, some small ball, but really just Mason Plumley, Nicole Yokich, Paul Millsap in every different combination in every different way. Trey Lyles really didn't play much over the final half of the season. Jeremy Grant's going to play a lot. So you're adding him into the fold, potentially adding Michael Porter into the fold. I think the rookie will be a part of the rotation based on how Denver's coaches have talked about him. So how the heck are all these guys going to get minutes? As it stands right now, you're going to have somebody like Mason Plumlee playing 10 to 15 minutes a game, it seems. As it stands right now, I'm not sure how Torrey Craig finds consistent minutes every night, and he was huge for Denver last year. That small forward, if everybody's healthy, you got Will Barton. You got Malik Beasley chomping at the bit for minutes. You've got Michael Porter, who I think the Nuggets would want to play at the three. I'm not sure you would want to play him at the four next year. Maybe the three would be a better spot to ease a minute, but man, it's going to be tough for Michael Malone to get these guys a lot of minutes. I asked Malone about that in Vegas as well, and he just kind of Looked at me and smiled and said, It's July. We got a lot of time to work that out, but I would not want to have to make those tough decisions if I'm him. But he's a coach. That's his job. It's his job to make those tough decisions. Michael Malone said a few times last season how difficult it is to play four bigs because a lot of teams really just play three. He'll definitely be playing four if the Nuggets bring this group back to training camp as it is. I mean, right now, let's just rattle off the rotation. Let's rattle off the guys who will definitely be in the rotation every single night. Your five starters, and for the sake of this argument, I'm going to slide Will Barton in at small forward. He is my presumptive starting three. The guy I think will most likely be at the starting small forward spot for opening night next season. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic. That's five guys right there. Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee that's nine guys right there. I think those nine guys for you play every night if they're on the roster. That doesn't even account for guys like Tory Craig and a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who I just said a few minutes ago, I think will be in the rotation next season. That's 11. A 10-man rotation is pushing it for the regular season. An 11-man rotation, that's tough. That's tough to get guys in a rhythm. That's tough to hand out a lot of minutes to those ninth and 10th men even 11th man, if, if you're really pushing, to get those guys in a flow, to, to have those guys out on the court enough to establish a rhythm. So I would not want to be Mike Malone. And, and I'd be curious to see if Denver would look to consolidate a tad. I don't feel like they feel any pressure to do that. And I get the sense they're comfortable coming to training camp with this roster. But I mean, if Mason Plumlee is your fourth big, and I've said on the show before, I think Jeremy Grant can play some four and some five. I think he's more of a 4-5 than a 4-3. He can guard threes, but I'm not sure he's a three on the offensive end of the four. He's a 4-5 in my book. Mason Plum is your fourth big, right? And if he's your fourth big, it's tough to see him play in more than 15 minutes a game. That's tough. So I don't think Denver moves him, but he seems like the odd man out right now, at least, especially with the Jeremy Grant acquisition. And then the other big one, which I kind of touched on, what did Nuggets do at small forward? I... Have Will Barton penciled in there right now. He's my prediction for who starts opening night. I've said on this podcast before, I'll buy your Will Barton stock. I will. I'm not afraid to. But I bet Malik Beasley plays a lot of minutes there. I bet Michael Porter plays a bunch of minutes there. I bet Tory Craig, who started a bunch of playoff games for Denver, gets minutes there. So there's some tough decisions to be made for Michael Malone. And I feel like it could make some sense to consolidate a little bit, maybe pick up a draft pick or two that you lost in that Oklahoma City deal for Jeremy Grant, that you lost from this past draft in that salary dump from 2017 with Brooklyn. So we'll see what the Nuggets do. I do get the sense, like I said, that they feel comfortable bringing this group to training camp, but man, it's a big rotation, which will prove very valuable if the Nuggets do see a lot of injuries come their way, which definitely happened last year. And, man, for Denver's sake, thank God they had a deep roster last season because it could have gotten ugly. could have gotten ugly fast if they didn't have capable guys behind Gary Harris, behind Will Barton, behind Paul Millsap. They will this year. (laughs) They'll definitely have capable guys. They're pretty much too deep at every position. I think the Nuggets top to bottom have the most talented roster in the league. I think they're the deepest roster in the league. That's going to really help them out during the regular season. As we saw, it's not as big of a factor in the playoffs. Nuggets bench wasn't great in the playoffs. A lot of young guys there, obviously, who I think will really benefit from that playoff experience. But in the regular season when injuries hit, it's going to really help. Before we move on and get to the final storyline I'm watching over the course of the rest of the offseason, quick word from Total Beverage. Right now, they've got an awesome deal for BS and listeners. You guys know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. Now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area, from Wheat Ridge to Erie. Plus, they are now offering CBD products. That's right. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering 20% off your purchase on their website and app. Use code BSN20 to save 20% off and have it delivered right to your door. So download the Total Beverage app and use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your order. It's promo code BSN20 on the Total Beverage app for 20% off your next liquor delivery order today. Here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, Thursday edition of the show, final storyline I'm watching for the rest of the summer, the FIBA World Cup. We're going to get some basketball before we get the real basketball in the NBA season. The Nuggets could be very well represented at the FIBA World Cup. Begins August 31st. It's in China this year. I think countries are holding training camps here fairly soon. But Denver could be really well represented. Nikola Jokic playing for Serbia. Nuggets strength coach Felipe Eichenberger is just over in Serbia. He might actually still be there in Sombor. But he's making sure Jokic is staying on his grind, checking in. I've heard he has. I've heard he's been doing two-a-days. Working out, going to the horse track, then working out again. He obviously wants to show well for his country and then have a great season for Denver. So I've heard he's been putting in the work. Two days for Nikola Jokic. But Felipe, the Nuggets strength coach, was over there. He might still be over there. Michael Malone's going over to Belgrade. He's also going over to Madrid, checking with Wancho, and he'll check in with Jokic in Serbia before those guys head to China. Wancho playing for Team Spain like he's done in the past. Jamal Murray invited to Canada's training camp, one of 29 players invited to Team Canada's senior men's national team training camp. Canada has kind of a stacked roster. RJ Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, my favorite rookie, my favorite guy in the draft, Brandon Clark, who just won summer league MVP. You guys got to give me some props for that. Shea Gildas Alexander, Corey Joseph, Trey Lyles also invited, the now former Nugget. Kelly Olynyk invited, Dwight Powell, Nick Stauskas, Tristan Thompson, Kyle Wilcher, Pretty stacked team for Team Canada. Andrew Wiggins, the notable omission from the list. But if Jamal Murray plays, I believe that'd be good for him. If you guys remember, Jamal Murray has started each of these last couple of seasons in a really bad shooting slump, especially from three. Shooting something like 20% from three over the first two months of the season. So maybe he can get that shooting slump out of the way for the Nuggets sake with Team Canada. But then again, He's had the ankle problems. Those were also killing him at the beginning of last year. You don't want to risk injury. so Positives and negatives for him, of course. Be fun to see Wancho out there for Team Spain. They'll probably be one of the top teams at the tournament. Serbia and Jokic will surely be as well, one of the top contenders. And then the U.S. team, which Paul Millsap could be a member of. If you guys forgot, he was one of the players in the 20-player pool that Greg Popovich and Jerry Calandrel put together earlier this summer. And since then, this is very interesting news, Anthony Davis has dropped out of Team USA consideration. And here are the true big men, the big men in my mind who can play the five, that are still left in this 20-player pool that Team USA coaches will choose their team from. Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, and Paul Millsap. I think Paul Millsap could make this team if he wants to. I think you can make a case that he's got a nice game for international competition. He can bang inside with some of those really physical European bigs. He can shoot the three. Smart player. Knows his role. Good team defender. He'll play defense, right? Paul Millsap will play some freaking defense at the FIBA World Cup. And Greg Popovich is a fan. And I don't know, maybe Paul Millsap has a nice little scouting report for Team USA on Nikola Jokic if those two teams are going to meet. Or Jamal Murray. Nobody probably knows either of those two guys better than Paul Millsap, who's played alongside him for the last two years. So that's the final thing I'll be watching. Who out of those guys are representing their countries? It seems like Jokic will for sure. Wancho will for sure. The way Team Canada phrased this press release, it almost leaves some room for interpretation. The headline, 29 athletes invited to attend senior men's national team training camp. So I don't know if All those 29 have committed. I don't know if Jamal Murray's committed to play for Team Canada, but those are the guys that Team Canada invited for their senior men's national team training camp, which gets underway most likely in late July because Team Canada's first exhibition game is against Nigeria on August 7th. So we'll see if Jamal Murray's included in that group. We'll see if Paul Millsap is included in that group. That's the one I'm really curious about. The Nuggets could be and most likely will be. Very well represented at the FIBA World Cup on a national stage this summer. So those are the three storylines I'm watching over the course of the remainder of the offseason. We've got the potential rookie extension. Denver could get done with Malik Beasley and Wancho. Again, if they don't, doesn't mean their Nuggets careers are over by any means. They're still under contract for this coming year. They'll be restricted for agents next summer which would mean Denver would have the opportunity to match any offer sheet that came their way. Secondly, does Denver make another deal? And do they kind of consolidate a little bit? I think the Nuggets would be fine coming back to training camp with this team. But, man, that makes for some tough decisions for Michael Malone when it comes to playing time and who's going to be in his rotation night in and night out. But also, injuries will happen. Injuries are a part of the game. This Nuggets team is kind of prone to injuries as we've seen over the last couple of years. So a deep roster is not a bad thing at all. It's a good problem to have, as the Nuggets like to say. And finally, the FIBA World Cup, tipping off at the end of August, August 31st in China. Nikola Jokic, Juan on Gomez, Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, all could be playing for their respective countries. It's going to be a fun next couple of months. Make sure to follow along on bsndenver.com on the BSN Nuggets podcast. I'll be back Friday with a final episode to cap off the week. Talk to you guys then.
0: The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We
1: had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. So the, the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP Access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, we, have trip to Song, we have a trip to Streamsong. We have a trip to Bandon Dunes. We have a trip to Sand Valley. And then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take an, uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation.
0: For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org.